Hey, what's up, Purpose Addicts? It's Coach Vic. Hey, listen, I got a couple questions for you. Do you or someone you know have a really dope brand or business but need help getting the word out? Or maybe you sell a product that people need or host a podcast that could really take off if you could just increase the foot traffic? Well, you're in luck. Shane and I would like to use our show Purpose Addicts to help you do just that. Listen, man, all my years in sales taught me a really important lesson when it comes to growing a business. As an advertiser, you should be interested in doing one thing, putting what you do in front of the highest number of eyeballs possible. One of the best ways to capture a lot of attention is buying ad space on existing platforms with an established audience like our show Purpose Addicts. You can now purchase ad space through us that will air during as many episodes as you want. It can either be at the start of the show to grab the audience's attention, in the middle of the conversation while everybody is deep in thought, or at the end of an episode, making sure their last impression is on Y-O-U. Just send us an email at purposeaddicts02 at gmail.com. Again, that's purposeaddicts02 at gmail.com with the subject line ad space to request more details about our offers. Or you can contact us directly through social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Purpose Addicts. And while you're at it, visit our YouTube channel to see clips and full episodes of the show. Here's where you can leave comments about our content and tell us what you need to help you walk in your purpose. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and share what we're doing. It costs you $0 to show support. Yeah, I know that's a shameless plug, but so what? Listen, in all seriousness, I do want you to think about this. If you have ads airing on our show, as our audience grows, so does yours. So why not partner up with us to let everyone know how being dope is in your DNA? Our audience of addicts is looking for exactly what you have to offer. They just don't know it exists yet. Grab ad space today and tell the world what you do best. Now go live life on purpose. You are now listening to the Purpose Edits Podcast. You've got to be willing to be vulnerable. You have to have the ability to self-assess and not everybody has the ability to self-assess. You don't necessarily have to like sweet to be successful in school. You just have to know how to play the game that's necessary and get through it. Welcome to the Perfect Settings Podcast. This is a short yet powerful conversation designed to help you do three things that can ultimately change the trajectory of your life. One, discover your purpose. Two, walk in your purpose. And three, ultimately fulfill your purpose. I am your host, Coach Vic, and I'm joined as always by my lifelong friend, my brother, the educator, Dr. Shane Calhoun. What up, homie? How you doing this evening? We late in the evening recording. Late, man. We doing good, bro. Um, Man, I don't say this often. I'm real life tired, bro. Tired? Yeah. I'm I, don't, I don't think I've ever heard. Well, I take that back. I think I may have heard you say you tired maybe five times in the time that we've known each other. Yeah, that's something, that's something I don't admit too often, but like I'm, I'm like real life mentally just exhausted not in a bad way just ripping and running and moving and ripping and running i'm just like i'm tired so mentally or physically or both 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 now is it just from this week Uh, i i think it might be a culmination of the last couple weeks you know what Mm -hmm. i'm saying just um keeping up with life life has been happening and then um been especially busy like this last week but you know it's good just tired yeah Yeah. end of the semester Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say change usually brings that about. I was I was listening to I think it might have been something on YouTube, this neuroscientist or some somebody. I don't even know his exact title studies the brain. That's what he do. Right. And he, go ahead. You, hey, to each his own. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the guy was talking about diversity and I can't think of his name. I think his first name is Stephen. But in his diversity speech, he talks about the brain and how it works to conserve energy. So that's how habits are formed and why it's so easy to do the same thing over and over and you get in that rut. And he said, mm-hmm. what happens when you introduce something new, the brain has to work harder to think about doing those things until it becomes second nature to you. So, wow. you know, a lot of times when I get tired and I get wore out, I start to look for, okay, what what's been new? Yeah, what's, what's been new? Yeah, it's starting to wear me out. So even the nerds got something interesting to talk about. Yeah, I mean, well, this nerd just found it very interesting, so forgive me. Right. Hey, if that ain't <laughs> the pot calling the kettle black. 
Speaking of which, we got another nerd on the show. Listen, <laughs> it is probably a good segue to go ahead and introduce him. Uh, you know, and we try to introduce some real dynamic and interesting people. All jokes aside, uh, our guest today is a good friend of both uh, Shane and I. We go all the way back to ninth grade. We've been friends. It's a long time. I don't even know how many years that is, but it's a lot. Great. Hold on, Juice, didn't you go to Okoye Middle? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Sixth grade. So Man. we take it back further. Yeah, no, like for, extra wow. three years. <laughs> right? Now yeah. we all, you know, little up in age. Some got gray, some got hair, you know. Some got both, uh, <laughs> but this this brother that we're bringing on today, uh, a graduate of Kentucky State University, went on to get his MBA and is now an executive team leader, leader for a global retailer. Um, he is the proud father of a four-year-old Marley, and I'll let him talk about fatherhood and touch on that, what it's sure. like raising a, a young lady in today's climate. Um, but especially one of the reasons we brought him on today is he is growing quickly as what is considered a thought leader in leadership development, focusing on helping youth prepare for the business world. He is the founder of a nonprofit called Visions for Art, Inc. Um, this nonprofit tends to host workshops and public speaking events, um, leadership mentoring program for youth and experienced leaders. Um, and he's going to touch on and talk about his, how he's found his purpose in that organization. If you would, Purpose Addicts, please give a big round of applause to our good friend, Art Juice Williams. Juice, what up, man? Ooh. What's up, welcome, Juice? Welcome, man. welcome, welcome. Happy to be here, man. Um, when y'all told me, come on the podcast, I was like, bro, I'm there. Wherever you need me, whenever you need me. So, man. With so the pandemic good. going on, Zoom makes Zoom makes it everything possible, man. Yeah, man, it's definitely helped in being able to connect not only with Absolutely. with family but friends. You know, uh, it's another platform, and it's been good. It's been good, man. Man, it's good to have you on. Look, look, you took this so serious, and I and I show appreciated. My man been preparing. Uh, Shane, I can't show you all the texts he sent me in preparation, but he's been preparing since like four o'clock this afternoon. That's awesome. Hey, boy, hey, stay ready and gotta get ready. That's hey, baby. <laughs> That's awesome. You ain't never lied. <laughs> well, Just welcome, saying. welcome. Listen, before we dive into your journey, your purpose, uh, and how you found that, uh, we're gonna go down a familiar path like we always do, which is what blew your mind now. Uh, I talked with Shane earlier about hijacking the What Blew Your Mind segment. He pitched a fit. Um, <laughs> I, I, was, I was like, yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> he, he pitched a fit. You know, if I'm going to tell the story, I'm going to tell it my way. He pitched a fit. Uh, he didn't want to give it up, but he said, you know, all right, cool. You could take it this time. So <laughs> audience, if you keep score, we do about 18 episodes where he do what blew your mind and then I get one and then we do another 18. Um, that's just how, you know, what he's allowing me to do. True story. You sent me that text at like. And anybody ask you to put. No, 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 no. True story. This is this is so funny because I, I got to tell my virgin since you're going to tell yours. You sent me that text at like 636. My phone had been dead since noon. And I didn't respond to like seven. <laughs> so I didn't see it. I was like, oh, oops. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> wow. See, this is stuff I put up with. Y'all think that's savage though. Since noon. <laughs> Y'all think this is this is this friendship is easy and it's just smooth. This is the stuff I deal with. If I needed him, his phone was dead. Since it was because I had like eight messages from you. You sent me Art's bio. And yeah. All this other good stuff. I'm, I'm you know, I'm trying to keep us in line. The responsible one in the group. <laughs> so what blew your mind, brother? Look, so check this out. Came across this story. It's funny and I think it's fitting because of the target audience that Juice uh, targets with his, his nonprofit. Here's the story. It says, one night, four college students stayed up late partying even though they knew they had a test the next day. A lot of us have probably been there. You probably relate right now. Um, don't tell your business. Put your hand down. The next morning, they came up with a plan to get out of having to take their test. Each student rolled around in the dirt and then went to the teacher's office. They told the teacher that they had got a flat tire the night before, and they spent the entire night pushing their car back to campus. 
I wish I would have thought of this. The teacher listened and to the student's delight, he offered a retest three days later. So they got a three day buffer. On the day of the test, the students went to the teacher's office. The teacher put all four of the students in separate rooms to take the test. The students were okay with that because they had been given a chance to study extra three days. The test only had two questions. First question, worth one point, write your name. Second question, worth 99 points. Which tire was flat? Front right, front left, back right, back left. Ooh. Moral of the story. <laughs> Yet you always need to take responsibility for your actions aside from making wise decisions. Wow. And this blew my mind. Yeah, yeah. Thinking about how much effort people, and I've been there, I've been one of these people, will put into cheating the system yep. rather than doing the Do right it. thing. Yeah. Whoa. We're just doing the work, man. Just putting in the work. Putting work. Putting in the work. One, I remember this in college, freshman year. We had a class, a couple of my teammates. We go to take the test, and it's a big auditorium. The night before, we're all in the library study hall, and I see a couple of them. Hey, y'all ready for this test? Yeah, we're ready. We're getting ready right now. What you mean you're getting ready? You about to study? Something like that. And I could tell they were alluding to something. Lo and behold, I see them typing what looks like notes, but it's just single line answers. And they're doing it real small. I'm like, why would you, why are you doing that? Why would you make your notes that small? They printed it off, cut it up in a rectangle, taped it with clear tape to the back of a Powerade bottle because it looked just like the ingredients and had the answers and or notes on the bottle on their desk while they took the test. Whoa. Do you know that them, them fools still didn't pass that test? Wow. Dude, that's too much. That's a lot, though. That's a lot. Like A lot. That's a lot. You put all that effort into trying to cheat the system when you could have put probably half the effort just into just doing the work. Yeah, that's good, bro. That's real good. And that that blew my mind thinking about how many people are out there doing this on a regular basis. They put more thought and planning and effort into cheating the system, man. It's or how to get how over. How to get how over. How to get over, yeah. The scams man. that come through on your phone. Yeah. How much thought and effort went into planning this scam to cheat somebody out of their hard-working money? Yeah, but you that's know, not even that though. A lot of people like to finesse too. Yeah, finesse your way through it. Yeah, I got caught up one time. Had a visit. Tried to finesse my way, and all they had, all it took was asking two or three more questions. Oh man! And then you you start stuttering. You're like, um, well, probably, uh, well, probably, <laughs> probably yes or no. Like, are you gonna? Blew my mind, man. Never caught. Never got caught like that again. I was like, you can't finesse the system. I was nah. like, you got to have substance. Definitely got to have substance. You do. And, and so we, I share that story. I share that example to talk directly to our audience. And maybe you know somebody who's like this. Don't try to finesse your way. Don't try to cheat the system. Don't put all that effort and energy into doing the wrong thing when you could probably put half the energy in doing what's right. But again, I shared that to help us kind of transition into Today's topic and conversation, like I said, we brought Juice on because, and we call him Juice, that's how we know him affectionately, so if you see him out in the, you know, in the streets, don't call him that. He used to be a police officer, and I don't know if he's still packing. You gotta know him. You know what I mean? So just hold off on that. But nonetheless, we brought Juice on because Juice has been working with our youth in our at-risk communities especially. Uh, I'll let him give his background on where he came from and how he came to find his purpose. Um, but he especially focuses on leadership development and helping our youth transition into the professional world. So Juice, let's start here. Give the people your journey, uh, your background and how you came to be doing what you do now. So basically what what happened, so I, I came, I'm born in Winter Garden, um, kind of grew up in Winter Garden but I also lived in a few cities, uh, in a few areas in Orlando too as well, like the Richmond Heights, Carver Shores area and stuff like that. So um, went off to college, came back, 
was in banking, retail banking. And then one of my frat brothers came up to me and was like, hey, we'll make some money. Definitely not how you get into law enforcement, right? You don't <laughs> think, <laughs> like, he was like, you want to make some money? I was like, yeah, like, what's up? He was like, man, come out. This is with um, a certain agency in the Central Florida area. Mm-hmm. I was like, one of the larger agencies, actually. So I was like, all right, no problem. Cool, I can do that. Went through, and it just seemed like everything was working. Like, I'm like, okay, I'm really about to do this. Never thought about law enforcement until he actually said something. Literally never even crossed my mind. Literally, when you talk about police, me, I'll be looking around like, what? So <laughs> went through the whole process. Um, before you know it, I'm actually patrolling some of the communities that I grew up in, which still have family in. Mm. And man, that can be, and I don't know if like if you've ever really dealt with, that can be a frustrating time for you because one, you see like so many different sides of it. Like I saw like people in the community not treating the community or the elders in the community the way they should. I saw I saw certain officers not treating the people in the community or treating the community the way they should. So mm-hmm. I was kind of having these battles and kind of torn between the both of them. And I'm like, all right. So then my daughter was starting to come and I was like, okay, I've been doing this for three years. I'm getting desensitized. I'm like, I used to have such a bright glow. And now it's just like work, work. I'm going in, not really smiling about what I'm doing. And I was trying to do a lot of things involved with the community and everything like that. But it, it was just, it just didn't feel like I, I didn't feel as passionate about it. So I'm a true believer in right place, right time. So the current employer that I'm with um, came along. It was genuine. It was organic. And I kind of went on to that endeavor. And then that journey kind of led me to where I'm at today, to where I've been able to make an impact. I actually wound up working with more agencies and more law enforcement than I ever thought I would in my life. And then um, transitioned into an operations role, which kind of allowed me to be able to reach out, recruit, um, and really see where some of the gaps are with some of the youth when they're trying to apply for these roles. So um, that's where Visions of Art really came from. It was birth because like I'm interviewing people and they don't know how to get through the interviews. They don't know what a behavioral based question is. They don't know about the star method. Or if they know about the start method, they don't know how to build a power story. They don't know how to really convey the message and speak to their leadership skills that they have. Like me, like Doc, Vic, like we were natural leaders in what we did. Like Shane in the band, Vic and like on football, like me on the O-line. These are things that we did naturally. Like they can't speak to them. We know how to speak to them. So where, where's the gap? How do we close those gaps? How do we get them in their opportunities? So that's what kind of brought this all about. Do you remember that moment when it hit you and you said, you know what, I'm going to start a nonprofit? What was that moment? Man, it had to be when I was sitting in. So I was sitting in one of my interviews and I was like, I'm like, I'm like it, it, what's the, where's the gap? And it was a family member of mine like, that I, I had sent to, I, I put on, I was like, hey, I need you to go apply and interview. And then I got a call from my homegirl and she was like, bruh, she was like, your boy was not ready. I was like, but I was like, but I gave him some things. He, she was like, no, no, not it. Mm-hmm. And here's, here's what like, here's what the light bulb that went off for me. And I was like, cause they just don't know, like. I called him. I was like, so how do you think he did? <laughs> you know what he said? He was like, I, up I killed it, B. I killed it. <laughs> he was like, man, I blew it out, man. I was fresh. I was like, so one, you're fresh. You was dressed like you was going to the club. Jewelry mm. on. Mm. <laughs> I thought he came in there for a rap video. I was like, mm. I was like, okay. I was like, all right. So I gave him some feedback. And then I said, hey, listen, I'm going to do you one better. I'm going to buy you because I'm all about investing. I don't just put you out there and say, I'm, I'm investing. So I was like, hey, I'm going to go buy you an outfit. Like here, I already ordered it. Go pick it up, stuff like that. Never even went to the second interview. Hmm. I was like, did what I could. Tried my best. I said, you ain't going to go? No, didn't go. So, so that's where that ended. And so that's where I was like, okay, there are some out there who want this opportunity. They'll go after the opportunity. They just need that support. They need that guidance. Like we, like I know for myself, I didn't start getting that guidance till I got a little older. 
Like nobody was pulling me to the side saying like, hey man, like if they would have did this in, for me in high school, then yeah. who knows what the trajectory would have been on my career. Yeah, like, I, caught, I caught it later. And once I started catching it, like mentoring and stuff, man, you should see me on LinkedIn. I'm hitting people up. I'm like, hey, like I, what can I do for you so that you can give me some of this knowledge that you have? Mm. You get what I'm saying? I'm tapping into VPs because I aspire to be there one day. Like I was gonna say, touch on that. Like when you say you were reaching out to people, like who who were you targeting so that you could get knowledge? So here's the thing. So wise people always tell me like you gotta you gotta know where you wanna you have to change your circle and you have to know where you wanna aspire to. So like I know I wanted to be in the C suite. And for those who don't know, the C-suite is like you have your SVPs, your executive vice presidents, your CEOs, COOs, you know, your chief operating officers, all that kind of good the stuff. alphabet. Man, telling me. And when you start getting to them acronyms, man, that's when you know the money's there. It's yeah. lucrative. That's where they're making money at. So, like, and I, and I kind of want to do that, you know, like, and I want it to be, like, one of the few, because it's going to be like, it's only, it's only a few, of, like, of us in the C-suite stop many and we don't stay there long so um i wanted to kind of branch off and and make that my mission and my goal so when like when i saw that i started connecting to people in the c-suite there mm-hmm. was regional vps i would reach out to svps like i wasn't scared i was like hey and it was on linkedin i wasn't reaching out to them even it was on linkedin i might get one response i'd be like hey you know i just wanted to connect to you i, I truly admire what you're doing yeah and you know i may not ever get a response but if I hit a hundred people up, five or six came back and that's all I needed. And I'm like, whatever you need me to do, if you need me to go help you recruit, if you need me to, I'm resharing your posts, I'm resharing your posts again. I'm putting some hashtags with it. Mm. I'm, I'm going to talk you up. So mm. um, I think that's how I started getting the mentors and I, and I got some really quality mentors, man. Like I, I'm blessed in that aspect to like have some really quality mentors. Like they hold me accountable too. And they check me like when I'm wrong, be transparent. Tell me I'm wrong. So that's kind of how I've been doing that when I when I mentor people too. And that's that's what I think people need to catch. You know, is worth pausing on. Mm-hmm. You reached out with the intent of helping people to further their cause, yes, in sir. hopes that you got something back. But the thing that you wanted back was mentoring, knowledge, information, accountability, so that you could then grow and then pass that on. Like that's that's the moment to pause on right there. Yeah, it didn't get to me. It ain't got me no job. It didn't give me no job. They were like, "Hey, bro, come on, I'm finna put you on." It was none of that. But what they gave me, like, if I was going one direction, they're like, "Hey, be mindful of what you're doing." That 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 that. And that little bit set me up for some other things, which I may have. You know, like I don't know what the future holds for me, but man, I'm pretty happy about where I'm at and where I see it going. Like, there's promise there. I, I got one better, what not one got? better. I shouldn't say better. Better is the wrong way. I got another aspect that I took from that. And you said that when you meet with people, you repost and you ask what they need and what you're doing. And it, it, it's one of those things that when you think of it, it's, it's, it's selfish in a sense, but it's not. You're trying to add value to them mm-hmm. first. And you're, you're starting with them. And, and it's kind of like what we said and what blew your mind where people try to treat the process where they make it just all about them or all about what they need and they don't think about the bigger picture. And so now you're creating a community and you're adding value, which, as I said, yes, you're looking for something in return, but it's not directly. It's not about you first. You're looking at that relationship first. And that that was like, I, 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 shoot, I was like, wow, that's 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 big, like adding value. So you, so you have to think about it. Hold on one second. My, go ahead. Think about it. So when you are, and most people don't realize this, like building relationships, the biggest thing you can do, especially like in, in the retail industry or just in anything, because politics exists everywhere. So when you build the appropriate relationships and you build them on the, on the proper foundation, man, it's going to be fruitful for you. Oh, absolutely. You just have to, you just have to build it the right way. And a lot of people don't. Like a lot of people don't invest that time, that effort. They don't put the effort in. Yeah. They just want to send one message and let it be done. No. Let it be done. Yeah. Then I'm going to follow up in probably a month. Then I'm probably following up in another month just to make sure you're okay. Mm -hmm. Make sure you're doing well. Hey, just checking in, especially Mm -hmm. with Corona going on, just checking in. 
Yeah. How are you doing today? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, and then in these times, I'm like, hey, you good? <laughs> <laughs> I take in over people's dog. You good? <laughs> All right. Okay. We got a lot of social injustice, a lot of unrest. My my company is taking a, a great stance on it. So like I be checking on my people. Are we good? So yeah. so question with, with visions of art. Who is the target audience that you you were going after? So initially, so initially I wanted to go at I wanted to go after like at risk youth and all that kind of good stuff. But what I started to notice once I started interviewing people and I started, you know, diving into more recruiting and going to the because I'm a HBCU, I graduated from HBCU, so I'm going to go straight to HBCU. So one of my um, HBCUs that I started with and started doing some speaking gigs at was H was Bethune Cookman University. Yes, sir. And, yeah, <laughs> I figured you like that. One. <laughs> <laughs> they Wildcats, you know what I'm They were, they were, they were on it. So um, when I went out there, like I noticed that I was like, okay, like this is it. This is what we need to like. Like these kids are hungry for something greater. Like they just need that, you know, they need that guidance and that that idea, right? And that spark. So like when I went out there, when I started going out there, man, like. The initially the college kids were who I was going after. I'm like, they're gonna come out. So like I was like, I was fortunate enough. I'm sitting in a class, I'm sitting in one of the little offices they put me in. Work study student came across me. Like I had talked to some and I was like, nah, they ain't gonna make it through our interview process. I just said, hey to her. All I did, all I said was hey. And her engagement and her interaction was so authentic and it was so genuine. I was like, hey, can you can you come sit down for me? And Lord and behold, just fast forward, like that person now, she was a junior then. She got an internship. She got an extended internship that paid her like, it was paying her like $18 an hour mm. for her internship. And then she got, after she graduated, got a salary job and she's working, mm. right? With the company. So, like, I know that I know, like, there are not a lot of people who are gonna go to that HBCU see that talent the way I saw that talent. So that that's another reason why I'm going after that. But then also I started to realize experience, experience meaning people who kind of been out in the workforce, like they also needed that because mm-hmm. our, we have a pretty strenuous process. So they also needed to, hey, how do I build a power story? How do I even get through the first interview so that I can get to a second interview? Tell me more about the start method. Let me break down your, I somehow am better at breaking down other people's power stories than doing my own. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, this got to be my talent. This got to be my little secret power. This got to be my little superpower. Yeah. When you ask me to do something on the spot, I'm like, oh, because I got so many stories. But somebody, I'd be like, no, I'll take this out, move that around. Yeah. Maybe you need to do this. No, this sounds, come on, like, it, this is a heartfelt story. So let, make me cry a little bit. Let's go. <laughs> you know, where you at? <laughs> so that's kind of like I, I started out going after the at risk, then it kind of moved to the college. So now I encompass those experienced leaders too as well. So I can really bring it full circle because we need to hit on all of those. Cause like I may be able to go to you two and be like, hey man, like y'all are interviewing for something good. You need to probably do this, this, and this. Why why leave you out of that? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where we're hitting. So you mentioned a couple of gaps so far. Uh, interviewing skills, you've yes, seen sir. that be a gap. Uh, being able to just put together a resume is what it sounds like. I know I've seen it. I've seen some crazy ones. I've seen, I've seen some resume. Uh, side note, sidebar, uh, if you out there and your resume has your picture on the resume, take that off. We are looking at you. I've seen that. If you made it to the interview, I'm looking at you. Yeah. I don't need your picture on the resume too. That that's not gonna do anything for me. Yo, people do that, fam. Do they? Dang. They put it on the resume, on the cover letter, in their email signature. Oh, for some got, reason, somebody told even... them they're cute. Oh. They're like this is gonna get me the job. Go ahead. Yes. Oh no! You would be surprised at how many resumes have the person's photo on the resume. Wow. Take it off your resume. Nonetheless, <clears throat> resume writing, interview skills, absolutely some gaps that you see. 
uh, professional dress, something as simple as presentation uh-huh. in the interview are some gaps. Are there some other glaring gaps that you've noticed in working with the people that you work with? So I can definitely say that it's the, so how we try to translate what we've done in our past, what we've done in our history. So if you have no, so now I'm dealing with people who have no prior leadership experience. So they say like you weren't at a retail establishment, you weren't a supervisor here, supervisor there. Okay. So were you maybe the president of your fraternity? Maybe you were the president of an organization. Those all show leadership skills. Um, maybe you um, organized and orchestrated a program that did, did you know, did whatever X, Y, Z. So how do you speak to those things? Like creating the stories that speak to those things. And that's a lot of times, like a lot of the recruiters, they only have a short window of time. They're doing mm-hmm. probably about 30, 40 interviews a day. How are you going to stand out? And how are you going to be that person who kind of leaves an impact in their mind? So at the end of the day, if you were the first person they interview, you're going to be there. You get what I'm saying? So um, I definitely think that is the biggest thing, like actually, you know, creating the uh, the power story. I call them power stories, creating the power story that you need so that you can be sought after. Can you give, I don't know if this, if, if giving information on what this power story is takes away from the service you provide and what people actually hire you to do, but if you can, without giving away the secret sauce, tell a little bit more what this power story is. So like, I'll kind of give you, I won't, so I'll just kind of base it around the star method. So um, basically what we like to do is we like to have an introduction to the actual situation that you have, right? So I'll usually go in there and we'll dig in, we'll kind of unpack that some so that we can make sure that it's a high scope answer. Um, high scope meaning you, you put some detail in there, there's some... Like you just didn't say the wind was blowing. The wind was blowing at probably about um, 20 miles per hour the day. You know, you start adding in those levels to it yeah. and those layers that, you know, provides that detail and sets the picture and sets the stage. Um, that's that having that intro and that power story is super important. And then talking about the things that in the steps that you did to actually prepare to solve that actual problem. And so they miss that a lot of times, like actually figuring out how to actually solve that problem and creating the steps. So what went into you solving this problem? Mm. Like what were the behaviors and stuff that you exhibited? Um, what type of leadership skills did you show? Yeah. Um, Storytelling. We never give the result. We just say everybody was happy and it was good. Oh, okay. So what I learned and what I teach people is that you need to have the measurables in there. Yeah. And we, and you know, in your profession, you know all about the measurables and even in, in doc's profession, like the measurables are there too. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you know, how many kids did, were you able to, you know, have passed whatever tests or whatever, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Certification, whatever the case may be. So when you're closing that thing out, you need to close it out with some solid measurables. Hey, I was able to save the company over $500,000 in the past year. Boom. And they're going to be like, okay, they're probably going to remember that number and that measurable that you threw out opposed to some of the other things that you layered in there. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good info. That's good info for people to use. You know, I, I, I've in interviewing people, I've enjoyed the people who could give me a storyline that presents a problem and shows me how they problem solve. Because ultimately what it says to me, a zebra don't change its stripes. If you are able to tell me what you did before and how you did it, I'm likely to believe that if you were put in a similar situation here in my organization, you will likely do that same thing and exhibit that same behavior. Remember, zebra don't change its stripes. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. I've always appreciated that as an interviewer. I've looked for that as well as just being in sales. That's the industry that I've been in majority of my time. You see that. You, you see that that is the most effective way to close deals, you know, you because sales ain't full circle. Yeah, yeah. you got to bring them full circle. Yes, sir. The challenge and the problem that I've had too is I've seen the generation of employees come into the workforce the last five plus years unprepared. Mm-hmm. Now, Shane, you're at the high school level, right? 
what are y'all doing at the high school level? Because I, I mean, where do we start? Like, why, why are youth unprepared? Why do you think at your level? Um, because we're not teaching them the practical things, the important practicalities that they need in life to be successful. True story. The other day, I was uh had to fill out some paperwork. A young man had to get on the basketball team and he had to sign like four or five papers. And not only did they not know how to write in cursive, but they also said, man, this, I got to write this, this hard. To sign their name? Sign their name, bro. So I think <laughs> as a, as a, as a, and, and, and funny thing was, I heard that from one or more student students and they weren't even together. It was separate days and it was like, yo, this is hard. So I think fundamentally in schools, we ain't teaching the skills we need to teach. We're not teaching job skills. We're not teaching how to uh, resolve problems. We're not teaching how to function under pressure, under anxiety, how to manage mental health. Mm. Um, We're not teaching that. Well, that's, that's major. Well, that's major. Yeah. And, and the other thing, and, and I mean, I'm just saying that we ain't getting shit from the house either. So you just have a generation of a lack of parenting. Then they blame it on the school, like you say. So that now it passes the buck to the teacher. Mm-hmm. And and now we, we sit in hand like this, pointing. No, it's your fault. No, it's your fault. Uh, and I mean, shoot, I tell everybody, like, my wife teaches at Auburn University, and I, and I say all the time, baby, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, if you get something, that, yo, I'm sorry, baby. You know, we did our best with what we had. Right. You know what I mean? And it's just passing the buck, passing the buck, passing the buck. Well, they didn't do it, they'll get it there. They didn't do it, they'll get it there. And, and I mean, that's just, uh, it sucks, but that's just mm-hmm. the reality of what it is. You know, like, I, as, as I was listening to Juice talk, I was thinking of asking him to come and do a seminar, like we could do Zoom and talk to my guys about um, work skills and and, and how how you do this and how you do that. And just how you how are you successful out there? Like everybody ain't got to go to college, but if you can't function and and just do simple stuff like you're not going to be successful out there. Mm-hmm. Like, how am I going to invest my money with you if you can't even tell me what you're trying to do with your business? Hey. You want to go clothing, yeah. line, whatever. I like. I'm down to support anybody's dream. Yes, like, you don't have to go my route. Yes, like, you don't have. To, I didn't want to go my route, man. Like when I was getting my MBA, I was like, man, I'm falling asleep on the floor trying to do a paper. Like it was crazy. Yeah, but there are so many other ways that you can get it, but you also still have to be able to articulate, articulate yourself, be able to bring something to the table yeah. and like have a good business proposal. So you at least need to be able to do the, the groundwork, not finesse and put in the work like we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Hey, Purpose Addicts, our communities are struggling right now. And if you're anything like me and Doc, you're tired of watching everything go to hell in a handbasket. We decided to do something about it. So we partnered up with Visions of Art because they focus on achieving real transformation. Visions of Art is a nonprofit organization that works to restore and transform at-risk communities into positive and nurturing ecosystems. The goal is to connect youth, teens, and adults with community servants who can help provide much-needed resources as they work to build their futures. The founder, a good friend of mine, Art Williams, is gaining a ton of recognition as a thought leader in leadership development. Top universities have asked him to deliver workshops, seminars, and events to their student body in an effort to bridge the gap as they enter the professional world. At Visions of Art, the purpose is simple. Love, peace, progression. Love heals broken and battered hearts. Peace brings calm. And as a result, we can have progression in the pursuit of our goals. Connect with Visions of Art on Facebook at Visions of Art, Inc. and on Instagram at Visions underscore of underscore art underscore ink underscore again it's a lot of underscores but if you got four of them you got the right one you can start achieving real transformation today connect with visions of art ink here's probably a good opportunity to segue we are all parents um juice you you don't have the youngest amongst us but you have a four-year-old marley who's soon to be five um probably going on 15 with with 
21, bro. <laughs> 21. We, have, we have grown folk conversations in here. Talk about our emotions <laughs> and our feelings. But as you as you work with youth and as you see some of these gaps and you know, hearing Shane talk about, you know, the household is also dropping the ball. How do you in turn start working with your four-year-old to prepare her for when she gets to this moments or these moments in life? So so one thing that I initially did, like off top, when I started my nonprofit, um, I she's a part of my business. So she's gonna have like she's gonna have something that's because it's gonna be built, it's gonna be here, and she's gonna be able to actually go give the youth and what we stand for some quality information. Because I literally, since she was like two and oh gosh, probably about before that, she was old enough to talk. We would have conversations. If she's crying, like, hold on, let's take a second. Why are you crying? Like, talk to me. I don't mm-hmm. understand. No, talk to me. And she learned to like hey, I have to process my feelings. I have to talk to my father about what's going on. We can't keep secrets. We have, to, we have to talk things out. And so at four, she's able to have conversations with adults that adults are like, right, she's four? Like, yeah, no, she's, she's four. She, she at four when she want to. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? She at four when she want to, but, but she can have a like full conversation and she'll, she'll be crying and she'll tell you why she's crying. She's feeling emotional. She's had a rough day. She can tell you all those kind of things. I'm like, all right, what kind of rough day you having? But you have to be, you got to be careful because they actually have some rough days out there. It's a little different. I'm just trying to picture a rough day in the life of a four year old. Bro, I get crazy because when I take, when I say I'm going to take the TV away and the phone away, boy, it's a rough day. It's a rough day. (laughs) Her heart broke. Her heart broke. So those are some of the things that like have been helpful for me, man. Like, and then just trying to be different from, tradition because you know we came up in an era bro, where you know was that spare the rod spoil the child something like that yeah so you know like like i that's not even me like spanking and stuff like that but we've been having a conversation we'll probably take some things away and we'll we'll talk through it we got it we started getting into meditation we unplug more so she knows she lose the phone she lose this she lose that so she's starting to actually do better when she so we course correct that way i call it course correct we course correct yeah you teaching you teaching her um, how to play chess, not checkers. Yes, sir. There's a lot of people out here playing checkers, um, and my wife and I took that uh, similar approach with our kids. Our kids are older now, but you know, get them thinking and talking through what are the consequences of this action that I may take, this decision that I may take, and if I still decide to take it, so be it. That means I've accepted the consequences that come with it. It's my fate. <laughs> it's my fate. <laughs> yep. Yep. I'll take yeah, that. Coming, yep. What do you enjoy most about fatherhood? Dude, I, I'm going to be honest with you, man. Like when you have those moments where like for me, I, lately she started doing this just out of the blue. She'll stop and she'll just be like, daddy, I love you. Me? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? She might want something. I mean, but sometimes it's just like, she's just like, hey, daddy. I love you. And I'm like, and it's so simple, bro. It's so simple, but she takes the time to appreciate me who I am, you know, like as her father and the things that I do and the sacrifices that I make. So like, man, that for me right now is like, she's killing me with that. She's just killing me with that one right there. Okay. What about you? What about you, Doc? What y'all got? Uh, you, uh, you not muted. I'll go. Uh, right now, the phase that I'm in, I'm basically an empty nester. My oldest is 21. My youngest is 19. Oh, they are the- <laughs> um, You know, so I'm, I'm ahead of y'all in terms of the process, but I'm in a space where I'm back to trying to understand how my kids need me, as I'm sure y'all are either in or just left, you know, and being young, communication is a challenge as you kind of alluded to earlier um figuring out how my kids need me now as they are young adults is different than how they needed me before and as a parent you always want your kids to need you always Mm. that will never go away because they're gonna always be your babies but as an adult they need me different you know you you i see the 
the people coming to interview and I immediately think about my kids like, and you better not ever do this. Let's talk about interviewing. Like I come, I'm on the way home on the phone. Hey, let's talk about interviewing. What do you know about interviewing? What are you supposed to, you know what I mean? And I know that I've had these conversations with my kids, but it makes me get to that space. Like you have to present yourself better. You know, you have to, for lack of a better term, I've talked to my kids about what a term they, they call it now code switching um, for, for black people or minorities. Um, back in the day, we called it a, appearing safe. I'm safe to hire. I, I, Victor, duality, hmm? duality, duality. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. that's another term that's anonymous. You know, I, I, Victor interviewed and got me the job, but Vic is who you come to know and, and love and appreciate, you know, and want to do business with. And I understand having to operate in that dynamic. And that's the case for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. I'm art. You are art. I know you as Juice. Your mama named you Juice. I'm going to call you Juice. (laughs) And it's Artavius when you look at some documents. (laughs) But I'm just saying, though, like we we've had to do certain things. Yeah. So now, you know, I've become art. Yeah, I get it. And but that's what I love about fatherhood at, at this stage in the game. I am fascinated with how my kids need me now as young adults because it is much different than how they needed me as little kids. Mm. Yeah, that's deep. Mm. Yeah. Um, that's deep. Um, I guess where I'm at, I have the youngest child in, in the conversation, my boy is three. And my goal is to provide them with something or things that I didn't have. And I'm not talking about material things. To... um to get him to a point to wish to whereas he never has to sit down for an interview because he can create his own space. Mm. Sir. Like, like for this week, my wife was looking at shoes and she said, babe, the Jordans is only 50, $60. And I'm like, all right, 50, $60. He can get some J's. And in my brain, I'm thinking he doesn't need J's, but 50, $60 is a drop in the bucket. So anyway, she goes through her normal rigmarole looking at the shoes. And she says, man, they're only going to get more expensive as he gets older. You know, you know, shoes are going to be $200. I said, well, hopefully by the time he realizes sneakers, he'd be working in our business, working for me so he can earn the money to go get the sneaker that he wants if he mm-hmm. wants it now mm-hmm. it's not because mommy and daddy can't afford it but we're going to teach you how to like they say enrich that poor dad not make a dollar create the dollar yeah and that's why i say my job is to hopefully that he doesn't have to sit in a place where he is interviewing he's the interviewer he's sitting at the table as a negotiator mover now that's a lot i don't know how we get there but that that's my goal to give him a sense of freedom and that level of entrepreneurship that I never got. And that I'm learning at 36. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That one's clutch, man. Cause yeah, think about it. We all, yeah. Like at the age we are, like we're all kind of like breaking into that entrepreneur space and stuff yeah, like that. All of us. And yeah. you know, we were, we were not taught that, you know, we were taught get a good education, stay out of the way of the police, go to college. You go get a nine to five, you retire, da 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 da. See, now here's the thing though. Like, I was fortunate enough to, um, so like, it was never really taught to me, but it was shown to me. Mm-hmm. So, my father, man, he was out there land developing, uh, getting like, he could go get apartments for a little or nothing, like, gift the gab, man. He had the gift the gab, very charismatic guy. Um, so, like, my family on my father's side, um, definitely a lot of entrepreneurs my great-grandmother she was mm-hmm. an entrepreneur all like literally i had it but it was kind of like indirectly you know mm-hmm. so but my mother's side like we go go get a, you go get your job you go work but then when you start looking at you start looking at what entrepreneur my dad my my brother he does detailing on the side mm. that's entrepreneur yeah he's an entrepreneur he goes yeah. and hustles up and make his extra money yeah so like it's it's like we see it, but then sometimes we just don't even know that that's what we're seeing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then, and then how we get we the ideas, we defeat ourselves before we even give it a shot. Yes, sir. Yeah, never give yourself a chance to even have a a, a fight or a chance to fight. You know, because mm-hmm. that's what it is. It's definitely a fight. 
But you got to give yourself that shot just by having that confidence to take that leap of faith. And it's scary and it's hard, but you got to do it. So, so Juice, do you feel like at this point in the game, you figured out what your purpose is in life? Dude, I will tell you this, man, that's something that's like ever evolving and ever changing. Like, um, like when I talk about like progression and stuff, like that means you're going to evolve. Like I, before, like when I first started this thing, I was just talking about at-risk youth. But then I was like, hold on, like these college students are missing something. So it started to evolve. And then I was like, well, I got like 40-year-olds coming to me saying like, hey, how do I do X, Y, Z? It started to evolve again. So I'm like, I never want to necessarily pigeonhole it to just like, okay, I'm at the point where I stop it and here's where it goes and I'll only reach these people. Like, um, I think I've grown enough in my own pursuit of what I want because like I was into operations, thought I wanted to go up that ladder, but then Mm -hmm. I'm like, this recruiting thing and I and the only thing that I knew that I was happy about recruiting and this was like actually my true passion a person that I was recruiting and mentoring said like dude you're you're really passionate about this thing and I had never even thought about it mm. like on my off day I'll talk to people about my company why they should some of the things, some of the quirks about it. And I'm super transparent with them. And that's built a bond where when they feel like when they make that leap to have this career with this company, they know that they're not getting like, cause a lot of people sell you some dreams, like, but they kind of know what it is and they understand what it is. So like, like I'm still evolving to this day, like even in my professional journey. Yeah. And I didn't even see it happening, but I was like, man, this is where I want to be. So that's why I'm putting in that effort on the back end and the front end so that I can make it happen. That's what's up. That's what's up. That's dope. That's dope. I know um, we, we've talked to you uh, quite a bit about what you do and what Visions of Art is. Um, one question I did have, and this is probably my last question for you, is why a nonprofit? Why go that route? So, so for me, like, I know that there are certain things that um, – because it's all education too. You got to think about it. Like it's education. There's um, we're enlightening people about certain things that they can do. That's going to make a better life for them. So um, there are some opportunities that you're afforded when you're a nonprofit so that you can live in that space, be an entrepreneur in that space and get all of that, you know, get all of those. um, You can do crowdfunding. You can do a lot of different things and get some grants and you can get some governmental funds and governmental programs that'll help you kind of grow and scale your nonprofit. Because when you look at it, like, I know what I'm, I know what my intentions are. I know that I'm genuine. When you look at a lot of other nonprofits um, and they're paying the CEOs millions of dollars, I don't need that to operate. You know what I'm saying? Like mine is organic. Mine is also from connections that I've made. So I'm out trying to get a $50,000 grant. And with that $50,000 grant, man, I could probably bless about 10,000 people, you know, just with my connections that I already have. So um, I just, I just thought it was going to be natural for me to go with a nonprofit because like, I'm not out here just to make a dollar. Although nonprofits can make money. I'm not just not out here for that. So now when I want to get into that, that scale in business, when I want to make some money, money, that's going to be a LLC. So, um, and then I'll talk to like when I'm in my shops, my speaking engagements and stuff like that. I also educate them on that too. Like, you know, I chose a nonprofit for those reasons. Like mm-hmm. this, is, this is my, you know, this is my baby. Like this is something that I'm going after. This is where I'll give my charitable donations to and stuff like that. Yeah. But when I want to make that money, money, it's going to be an LLC. I'm going to have to do some write-offs. I'm going to have to give me an accountant. All that kind of good stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. That's what's up. That's what's up. Well, tell the people, how they can connect with you, how they can get involved and be a part of Visions at Art. Okay. So basically you can reach out to me right now. We're really working through our fan pages and social media. Um, you can reach out to me on Facebook. It's Visions of Art Inc. Visions of Art Inc. on Facebook. Just look that up. Um, I usually have some content on there. You'll see a lot of my daughter. You can see me. You'll see some of the things that I'm doing, some of my speaking engagements. Um, and then I also, I've just been in the, I've been in the, um, spirit of dropping content and kind of bringing some good content to you. So um, we have some really dope things coming up in January too, as well. Um, and then also you can catch me on Instagram. It's visions of art, Inc. 
catch the underscores, vision, underscore, of, underscore, <laughs> art, underscore, ink, underscore. A lot of underscores in there, so you can catch me on that too, though. That's what's up. Definitely, if you want to connect with Visions of Art, hit hit Juice up. Don't call him Juice. You don't call him that if you don't know him. That's <laughs> off limits. Got the check. Call yeah. whatever you want. You know what I'm saying? We're going to go bless some people now. If, you, you if you're paying, them. yeah, start with Juice. If, if you oh. cut the check, start with Juice. <laughs> hey, well, as always, we like to close out the show with a quote, something that I came across that I thought was pretty, pretty dope, pretty inspiring. want to share this with the group. It says... There are two teams, people who try too hard and people who don't try hard enough. That's the question is, which team do you belong to? So as always, Purpose Addicts, we appreciate you rocking with us. Thanks, Juice, for coming and joining us. We love what you're doing. Keep it up. Let us know how we can help you. Uh, for, For our audience, our listeners out there, if you haven't already, go like, share, subscribe the show. Turn somebody on to it. We providing good content. Uh, It's a lot of good gems that are in our episodes as we talk to these different guests and these different people. And again, as always, go live life on purpose. We out. I'm winning full